Welcome back, everyone, to the Eats Beat Podcast pre-Halloween edition, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Robert Philpot. And Steve Wilson. So we've got a lot of new restaurants in the West 7th area, and for a change, they're not in Crockett Row. Those restaurants aren't open yet, or the food hall, but there's some uh, new stuff either direction from Crockett Row that we're going to talk about. And Robert, I think we went and took a look around the big new brunch place, Snooze. Snooze and AM Eatery, um, which is a Colorado-based um, chain that is opening its first Fort Worth location, has, in fact, uh, October 24th is the official opening day. Breakfast. But they with, had a preview over the weekend. That, well, that, that, the, October 24th has passed, and yeah. it's open. So. As we were speaking, well, that's why we use <laughs> dates on our podcast. You never know when you're going to be listening. It's open. Now, everybody now will be there, and it's... Uh, what can we say? Uh, hard liquor with breakfast is what we can say. So, yeah, uh, there was a uh, – I haven't – there's another podcast on restaurant business uh, industry magazine that um, says that uh, snooze invented day drinking. They weren't around when I was 19 years old apparently. One of the things I had there, they have some nice um, coffee drinks with a little bit of alcohol. They had the dirty drunken chai. I'm a big chai latte fan. Why not put a little espresso and coffee liquor in your chai? That's right. Um, if you love mimosas, if you love a little screwdriver with your breakfast, uh, you have a long drinks menu and, and uh, cocktails. A lot of uh, fairly traditional breakfast, but also a really good Benedict's menu. I had the uh, green chili and pulled pork uh, Benedict. It's got some funky name on the menu, of course, but it's a green chili and pulled pork Benedict. Spicy enough, liked it. Um, and uh, my wife went the more... Um, trendy route um, with the avocado toast, which um, pretty much everybody's having these days. But theirs was a little more elaborate, I thought, and she really liked it. You know, and, and my wife had that avocado toast, too. Snooze is a, um, I don't want to call it a hipster breakfast place, but it's a it's a, one of the uh, one of the, the elaborate breakfast restaurants that's open. It started in Denver, and when it originally opened, it opened at 2 a.m. every night, and it was open from 2 a.m. through lunch the next day. They've narrowed those hours a little bit. They open now closer to breakfast time. So when we went um, on Saturday, there was a, a soft opening preview on Saturday. Um, there was a soft opening was way a, back there before. Yeah, it was it was noon, and um, we felt like the music was a little loud, and it was a weird mix of um, current top 40, but we also heard Disco Inferno and um, Shake Your Groove thing, I believe. Um, and the, the, the restaurant overall is just kind of noisy. So it, it feels like it, it still has a bit of that late night vibe, but I understand you went a little later and it was not as, was, I, I didn't think it was terribly loud. We were by the window and then I went again for breakfast on opening day and, and, uh, I was able to carry on a normal conversation with two very soft spoken people in one of the booths along the bar. So the music was loud enough to be fun, but not loud enough to be intrusive. I will say that I mean, I think the fun things on the menu, there are like six different kinds of eggs benedicts, including one that's like a, a chile verde eggs benedict that's basically really uh, chilaquiles stacked on a tortilla that's the size of a muffin. But the, the, the benedicts are great, and I think the pancakes at the pancake flight, where you can get one of each of three different kinds of pancakes, I think that's adventurous. Um, I, you know, the uh, regular sausage and eggs breakfast kind of made me wish I, could, I had gotten pancakes. It does some things to separate itself from a, a typical breast, breakfast restaurant, but you're, you're, they're still Old South, not too far away, and there's um, 
Paris Coffee Shop, not too far away. What's the prices like? Is it breakfasty price? It's nine, ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's nice high, breakfast. High, high it's breakfast. comparable to Yolk, which is the mm-hmm. other. There's this whole segment of the industry called the Better Breakfast segment, mm-hmm. where they they you know kind of emphasized. Uh, they've upped the game of what the content's like. They have pancakes and French toast that are almost like elaborate chef's desserts or something. Mm-hmm. But the, the the meats and the eggs and everything are all organic, cage free, free range, uh, and and uh, you know it, it's like a better quality product. Yolk Downtown and Snooze are probably the biggest purveyors. The Snooze in Austin has a two hour line out the door, and and as a matter of fact, uh, when the the server came and and. Uh, and uh, to our table and said, what brings you here today? I, I said, well, the line was too long for the one in Austin, so we drove up here. And she said, don't laugh. That could be true. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. First Watch, am I remembering that First right? Watch, First is, Watch sort yeah. of fits into that segment. First Watch was the egg and I that changed their decor and menu. They fit in the best. They, they're like in between regular breakfast and best breakfast. So, uh, and, um, so what else do we have going well, on? On 7th, uh, the other end of West 7th, up in the Cultural District Inn, uh, Santa Million is back. Santa Million, uh, they kind of did this odd two-step where they moved the French fine dining restaurant that had been a mainstay for 25 years and won the Zagat for best restaurant in DFW many times. They moved that down the street to a restaurant named Paris 7th. Paris 7th is in the former Lesep, and that's where... Uh, all the fine dining Santa Million is the furniture, the menu, the chalkboard, the wines, everything is at Paris 7th. So uh, during the last week of October, uh, finally they've been remodeling the old Santa Million and it's reopening as a casual bistro. So it's so Santa Million reopens as a casual wine bistro, has a few appetizers, has escargot, pate, has some $20, $25 dinners, a few desserts and a choice of about 50 wines. Now, kind of like people used to remember maybe from Le Chardonnay in Fort Worth or one of the nicer French restaurants. So Santa Amelia, now casual restaurant, and Paris 6, uh, fine dining. So uh, Santa Amelia is on Paris West, West Paris 7th. Did I say Paris 6? Yeah. Uh, I, let me get my arrondissement right. The, uh, <laughs> you know, Santa Amelia is on West 7th, just west of Montgomery near the UNT Medical School. And Paris 7th is on 7th three blocks east across from Righteous Foods. Uh, Santa Amelia is one of those uh, restaurants I believe has been around since before I moved here. So I was here in like 89, and that, that it's sort of a kind of an institution. It's been number one. Ed and Bunnell's always, you know, are right number one, and Santa Amelia is the, you know, the great, one of the greatest in DFW of the old-timey fine dining French restaurants. And our Gordon Dixon went there for his anniversary last week and came back raving about how beautiful it was. And I'm talking about... Paris 7th. So that, that's it's been Saint Emilion for 30 years. It became Paris 7th, and a more casual restaurant is now Saint Emilion. Same owners, operators, just appealing to two different markets. And then um, we're still anticipating the opening of Zero Degrees, uh, which is already open in Arlington. Um, how do you describe Zero Degrees? It's it's a um, one of the things I know that is they do things like elotes with hot Cheetos. They do obey milkshakes. It's it's really uh, sort of hard to describe. It's coming into the um, So Seven area across from the former location of Max's Wine Dive and next to Fort Worth Running Company. They expected it to be open by now. Could open any day. We're still trying to see if we can get an opening date on it. Um, I believe Bud has been to the Arlington ones. I actually did not get in the door. So, but now we have uh, st- the Fort Worth store opening is labeled as coming soon, sometime between 
November first and November fourteenth. Oh, that's so, that's more solid date than I've ever than I've so seen that, from them. That is, uh, they actually have a Facebook event now for November first through fourteenth, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. They'll be opening, and that will continue to congest the traffic around Seventh uh, and State and, and uh, around the, the left bank and the uh, so seven area yeah it was interesting that uh we we noted bud noted on twitter that snooze um which is on west 7th or just off of west 7th has a um has a stockyard style mural and somebody um i think it was mitch whitten from the uh convention visitors bureau said you know it's kind of strange they're not in the stockyard they have a stockyards mural and i said well it looked better in a mural of the west 7th traffic (laughs) well of course they they painted a, a, a mural of Exchange Avenue as if there were a snooze in the middle of it. It's a funny mural. But, you know, if they want to be on Exchange Avenue, we could probably work out a space for them. I there. think the judging from the uh, initial reaction to this place, they're probably going to be opening more of them in Fort Worth. Robert, I know there's a couple of other new places to talk about. There's Shep's New Seafood Place and also Meyer and Sage. Tell us about that. So Meyer and Sage, which uh, is not quite open yet. She's going to start um, soft opening, uh, I believe, uh, on October 25th, but the official grand opening is November 1st, uh, is uh, Callie Sauls, a, a local caterer, and uh, she's done some food writing herself, has opened this, uh, um, it's sort of a hangout, grab-and-go um, little uh, place in the in the Foundry District. Um, if you're wondering what the Foundry District is, it is a uh, district North of West 7th. Um, Carroll and White Settlement. Carroll yeah, and White Settlement. It's about two blocks from the area. Uh, it's the, the M&O Subway Grill Leonard's Museum District is now the, found, the foundry. And then you, you, we have a, one of our freelancers, Jeremy Hollock, has a story on this. You can read in w, uh, at uh, www.dfw.com. Um, Callie's Place, she has some seating, um, not much. She does have wireless, so if you want to go there and hang out, that's uh, fine. The food is uh, a combination of grab-and-go, and she has a case with uh, half, half of it is marked grab-and-go. There's some sandwiches. She has a really good green chili uh, pimento cheese that I grabbed and got. Um, and then the other side of the case is oven-ready, which is uh, prepared meals. She recommends not um, not making these, not putting reheating these in the microwave, but uh, there are instructions on how to reheat them in the oven. Although I did get a couple of things. I got a chili verde chicken and some uh, organic refried black beans. That worked fine um, in the wor- in the microwaves at the Star Telegram. Got those with a little bit of her advice. She also has some um, snacks, some, some uh, rosemary honey nuts that I grabbed, and um, some retail stuff, some cookbooks, uh, things like that. Um, it's a spacious, charming little place. You have some really nice art on the walls. Um, I wouldn't well, call it a restaurant, but you could eat. You could eat in there if you want. That whole foundry district has, you know, has a lot of art to it. Even there's an alley behind it that's called Inspiration Alley and has all these murals painted in it. Yeah, um, it's um, it's there's there's like a whole Instagram philosophy between the found, uh, foundry district. Um, in fact, uh, Courtney Ortega, former uh, Star Telegram writer, did a whole story on the most Instagram. Uh, friendly places in Fort Worth, and she mentioned Inspiration Alley. Um, Bud mentioned M&O Station Grill. That's another. That, that's one of my favorite Fort Worth burger places. It happens to be in the Foundry District, and that's where the old museum of the Leonard's Department yeah. Store inside. And there's other places in there. It's it's not really food driven that much, but there is Craftwork Coffee Company. Right. Um, there's a location of that that also has some coffee cocktails. And there's Angelo's Barbecue, three blocks in one direction and a block in the other direction. There is the 
underground favorite of West Fort Worth, Daybreak Cafe, which is open every day from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. and is your it's it's the 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 antithesis of snooze. It's your um, you know down diner, um, you know breakfast cheap. $3 burgers, $5 lunches, and everything. And they're also opening a distillery over there, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, Blackland Distillery. Has and cider, too? Um, I think the, the cidery is Locust Cider, mm-hmm. which is um, opening, it may be opening as we speak, on uh, South Main Street um, in what is being referred to as South Main Village or even Soma. Um, a couple of other places, um, there's a place called Echo, which... Uh, uh, Michael Shaddix has been posting pictures on uh, on um, uh, Facebook of some of their items, including empanadas. He's in the middle of a soft opening right now. I haven't been there yet, so I don't really want to talk too much about it. Echo is H-E-C-H-O. Um, the, the opening H is silent. Um, in the foundry, there's also near the foundry. I don't know if you call this part of the foundry or not. Clay Pigeon. Uh, Clay Pigeon's a couple of blocks west. On It's at uh, White Settlement and Foch, but it's... Most people would consider it saying sometimes you have to park in the foundry to walk to Clay Pigeon. There's so many people. So. Uh-huh. Well, then let's talk about the new um, seafood restaurant out at TCU. Oh, forget about Next chefs. to the hamburger place, Dutch's, and the, um, the the hot wings place, Buffalo Brothers. There is a new seafood place called Shep's Off the Hook. Robert, you know about Shep, and I'll tell you about Off the Hook. Well, I know about Shep, um, John David Shepard, who um, has a – a burger place in um, um, Weatherford called Shep's Place and a seafood place called, I am re- I'm blanking, I'm relying on Bud for this, and he, he's looking it up. I'm equally blanking because my, um, my Weatherford memory is gone at this moment. So, so I know I have a picture of the menu. John David Shepard. Um, saltwater. Saltwater in Weatherford. John David Shepard, um, the first time I went to Shep's, he came and sat at my table, and it was a little intimidating because I am six foot six, and he is six inches taller than I am. Wow. He's uh, seven feet tall. Uh, he is a huge Star Wars fan, so uh, he had a Star Wars-themed wedding. Uh, that's how big a Star Wars fan is, and I believe there are some Star Wars touches at uh, Ships Off the Hook. Well, he'd um, make a good uh, Chewbacca, I guess, if he's seven foot tall. So uh, he's um, he I, he said he's seven foot six in his Chewbacca costume. Okay, uh-huh. I, I went to Ships Off the Hook. I did not go for the Chewbacca <laughs> or for the Star Wars decor. You know, I went and had a nice little. Uh, now, you know, they they had some some. Uh, Brunches. They have Saltwater's brunch menu, so they had um, they had some uh, crab cake, eggs Benedict, steak omelet, crab and shrimp, crab and crab and shrimp. Boy, I that's think it. That's really a dangerous <laughs> thing to say. Crab and shrimp omelet, lobster bisque, clam chowder, and now I just had some tacos. I had uh, steak tacos and fish tacos. The, the mango fish tacos were really pretty good. They have a uh, shrimp and crab roll. Lobster roll, po' boy sliders with oyster, shrimp, or chicken. It's a good variety. What I notice the most about Shep's Off the Hook is that it's a seafood restaurant where all the fish actually comes from the sea. It was a restaurant that had no catfish, no tilapia, no farm fish. Everything Mm -hmm. actually came out of a sea at Shep's. And this is in uh, strip across from TCU. It's actually in the former uh, Sasa Limon Universidad. They left in um, August and... About a week later, he snapped up the space and got that restaurant up and running really fast. A it's, couple kind of of, it's kind of uh, comfortable and it's fun. And they were trying to uh, flag people in away from Dutch's and Buffalo Brothers during the football games the other day. It's not as much of a sports place, but it seems like a good place to hang out and have a beer and some oysters. you have anything purple there? Uh, they, uh, I didn't see anything purple on the menu yet, but I'm sure you'll have some... Uh, 
you know, purple pokey or something pretty soon. So they'll, he'll be beefing up his purple menu. Well, uh, there are no purple pumpkins around TCU, but since it's about a month from the pumpkin holiday and since it's generally regarded pumpkin begins pumpkin season begins on labor day every year now it's like it's like we used to have like you know summer and the summer season and then there would be thanksgiving season and christmas season well now we have pumpkin season and since 2004 uh, the pumpkin spice latte has set upon us <laughs> and then brought in uh, this onslaught of pumpkin everything else but really uh, when i talked to hans muller at swiss pastry shop which is turned itself virtually into the Swiss pumpkin shop for this season. Uh, he said that it really, the pumpkin craze really began with the great pumpkin Charlie Brown comics and that that's when people started craving pumpkin. So I, I've, I have never been a big pumpkin pie eater, but I think it's because uh, growing up we got the mass market grocery store pumpkin pies that aren't really that good. Yeah, they don't um, have anything in them. If you've gotten them like even from uh, you know, uh, Central Market is, a, is an improvement over the stuff I grew up with and uh, – um, almost any restaurant pumpkin pie is going to be better than what I grew up with. Uh, and then you have places like um, uh, Buttermilk Sky Pie Company, right. which has locations in Colleyville and Mansfield and uh, Emporium Pies in Dallas that do, to use the food cliche, elevated pumpkin pies. Well, you want somebody that actually puts spice in their pumpkin pie. You want something that has a, a hint of clove, uh, cinnamon, ginger, uh, you know, some sort of flavoring besides if, if you just mm, blend up nutmeg. the pumpkin. Yeah, N- nutmeg. Nutmeg, yeah. nutmeg being the big that, one. That's, yeah. that's the thing that uh, nutmeg is the big one. Nutmeg's yeah. expensive. You want, a, so, you want a lot of nutmeg. And, if you're not know, using nutmeg, then uh, If you're not then using not nutmeg, then you're making a squash pie right. is what it amounts to. Well, Swiss Pastry Shop has pumpkin latte cake, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cheesecake, pumpkin mini cheesecakes, pumpkin bread, and pumpkin cannoli. So... In case you want to have a five-course pumpkin meal, that's what they have at Swiss. Uh, not to be outdone, the new California bakery in West Bend, Susie Cakes, has pumpkin cake uh, with cream cheese icing, pumpkin cupcakes, pumpkin cookies with chocolate. They're actually uh, pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, mm. uh, pumpkin bread pudding, and pumpkin cheesecake. So you can just have like a pumpkin fiesta there with it about a one-mile drive on uh, Vickery University. Of course, I, I'm, I'm the ice cream obsessive, so you also have uh, pumpkin um, ice cream at um, Melt Ice Cream. She has a, a special name for it. She's doing, um, she couldn't really call it for um, some trademark or copyright reasons, but it's basically a Harry Potter theme uh, going on through Halloween. And I believe in the name of her pumpkin uh, flavor is Expecto Pumpkin. Uh, and then uh, Gypsy Scoops ice cream is also doing a pumpkin pie flavor as well as a candy corn flavor with candy corn embedded into the ice cream. Um, and then just about Curly's. Let us co- not neglect the Curly yeah. because the, you know, the, the pumpkin season at Curly's is the second biggest season after Parker County peach season. And that's where you see the season turn at Curly's because it goes straight from peach to pumpkin. And that's where you know it's gone from summer to fall when they go from peach to pumpkin. So... Um, you can eat your pumpkin um, in, in a lot of ways. I actually saw um, a pumpkin spice flavored kombucha this morning. Um, that uh, that's kind of why I have a middle block on pumpkin. Sometimes you have so many pumpkin spice things happening. Well, that's what I wanted to bring that up because there's this whole new confusion with kombucha and the Shinjuku Station Canon Chinese dessert that they've served for many years, which is a kabocha cheesecake. 
So a kabocha is a, a mid-sized squash mm -hmm. that's called a Japanese pumpkin. So they have a kabocha cheesecake that's like a pumpkin cheesecake, and it's really popular. They serve it and they sell it whole cakes to go at Canada Chinese in Shinjuku. But now people are coming in and ordering uh, and ordering the the kabocha the, the kombucha cheesecake instead of the kabocha cheesecake. So you got to know your. I, I just your, your, your squashes, basically. Yes. <laughs> just look very closely at the menu. I've had that cheesecake at, at um, Shinjuku, and it's it's very good. It's really good. Other places besides Swiss and Susie Cakes and Shinjuku, the um, uh, Black Rooster Cafe has a pumpkin tart, the Black Rooster Bakeries and Cafe. Buttermilk Sky, Colleyville and Mansfield has a, a well-seasoned pumpkin pie with a lot of spice, heavily spiced. Uh, Sweet Lucy's has a pumpkin pie that's... Like uh, they have uh, stands the farmers market around different farmers markets. Judy Pie and Grapevine has a uh, has a, a a pie. Their pumpkin pie is topped with uh, creme fraiche and dried cranberries, which is something you don't always see mm -hmm. with a pumpkin pie. That's the question: is can you mix pumpkin with chocolate, or you know what can you mix pumpkin with? And you know basically you can mix it with anything with uh, anything else with a lot of brown sugar. It'll go mm -hmm. real well. Um, you, you make obviously you put a lot of nutmeg in your pie, Steve. Well, I just know that uh, that it's ex the nutmeg is expensive, so they started uh, making uh, pumpkin pie spice, which like a which instead of selling nutmeg, uh, just because of the cost. And the pumpkin spice uh, pie spice is kind of like a nutmeg substitute, but the nutmeg itself is expensive. So can you just go get like pumpkin pie coffee creamer and use that as an ingredient instead? <laughs> I don't think I mean, so. Replace the milk with a pumpkin pie coffee creamer? That might not work well. No. All right. There's a reason we eat out instead of cook. Uh, okay, we've talked about the west side, what's new. Uh, next week we'll get around to more of these new restaurants and uh, kind of take a look at And then we will, too, we need to start building up to who's going to be open Thanksgiving, what the menus are going to be like because it's getting me time to make reservations for that. So until next time, I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Robert Philpott. And Steve Wilson. 